at the time I was in college and all I really cared about was like being cool and listening to music and like going to shows and stuff like that. And I was reading like a lot of pitchfork at the time and I was like, oh, I could do this. Like, this seems a lot of fun. Like all you do is write about music. I think I was a little bit like naive about how easy that was going to be. So I knew in college I wanted to do something with writing. I was never really sure the direction that I was going in while I was in college. I was undecided for the absolute maximum amount of time that you can be an undecided major. everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Creative Truth. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest, Larissa Haddad. She is a writer, a digital media pro, social media pro. Um, she, We met each other working at Visit Savannah, and I've seen her grow and blossom into a very established, respected uh, professional in the Savannah region. But her and her husband, David, are moving to Atlanta, which makes me sad, but also happy for you. Um, to open up the episode, I like to ask this question, which is how has where you're from shaped the person you are today? Oh my gosh, I wish you would have given me a heads up with that one. Um, what a question, where I'm, how where I'm from has shaped me and who I am today. It gets easier from here. It, I hope so. This is my first <laughs> podcast ever. I've listened to a thousand podcasts and I've never been on one. Um, I think that my family is kind of special because my parents are from Brooklyn and Jersey City. And so being raised by two old school Yankee type of people in the Deep South, I think has had a special presence in me and who I am so I kind of get best of both worlds where I'm surrounded by southern culture um, and all of Savannah in the area but also I have these traditions for my parents and their families too um, so I do consider myself southern but if you have ever been to my parents house the accents are a lot different and even though I've only lived in the south my entire life I don't think that I have the most deepest southern accent out of everyone that I know um so I think that that has had a, a bit of an impact on who I am now so where are you from and where have you lived so I was born on Fort Stewart my dad was in the army we lived here for about two or three years I think and then he was transferred to the Atlanta area lived there for a little while he was transferred to Fort Knox Kentucky we lived there for about four years um just outside in Elizabethtown and then my dad retired and it was this big question of, well, we can go anywhere. Where do you want to go? My parents both liked Richmond Hill and that area and um, they still had friends here and the schools were good at the time. And so we moved back. And so I've been, um, I went to Richmond Hill High School and then I stuck around in Savannah for college. I wasn't ready to leave yet. I think moving around a lot as a kid, I just didn't want to go anywhere really far away. Um, and after college, I have tried making it work for me in Savannah ever since, and I, I did for a long time. This episode of The Creative Truth is sponsored by Colas Modern, a family-owned art and design studio focused on producing contemporary furniture and home decor based right here in Savannah, Georgia. The company is owned by David and Lara Colas. David is a former podcast guest, so if you haven't listened to that one, 
go check it out. All of their furniture and home goods are designed and manufactured right here in Savannah, Georgia, handmade, uh, including this coffee table, which is like an absolute favorite of mine. So if you're looking for a personal gift with a story behind it, you can check out some of their unique cutting boards, so like their butler board, their cleaver board, or their fruit board, and more. You can follow them on Instagram at shopmodernheritage or find them online at shopmodernheritage.com. That's on Instagram at shopmodernheritage or online at shopmodernheritage.com. So what'd you study? In college, mm -hmm. I graduated with an English communications degree with an emphasis in journalism. I really thought I wanted to be a journalist um, until I had an internship and then I quickly realized that it wasn't for me. We'll come back to that. Um, so why, why did you think you wanted to be a journalist? At the time I was in college and all I really cared about was like being cool and listening to music and like going to shows and stuff like that. And I was reading like a lot of pitchfork at the time and I was like, oh, I could do this. Like, this seems a lot of fun. Like all you do is write about music. I think I was a little bit like naive about how easy that was going to be. So I knew in college I wanted to do something with writing. I was never really sure the direction that I was going in while I was in college. I was undecided for the absolute maximum amount of time that you can be an undecided major. And then when I had to choose, I was like, okay, well, I like writing. I like Pitchfork, this blog, when I was like 21 years old. Um, so I guess I'm gonna do that and, and see where it goes. Um, so then I had a job at the student newspaper writing for the arts and entertainment section. And I realized that a big part of journalism is actually interviewing people. Um, and sometimes I can be a little bit shy about that, even though like I can talk to people just fine when it has to do with anything like in a professional setting, sometimes like I get a little bit clammed up in that regard. Um, so it's hard to like continually like putting yourself out there, even though like the interview isn't necessarily about you. It's just like, I don't know. I, had, I don't like the forced connection of of the interview process, this is fine because you and I are friends right. and we talk all the time, but it's like when you put pressure on it and like this is your job and you have to make a conversation happen and work and be interested and you're probing people, you know, it takes a certain special person to be able to do that and to do it well. And musicians notoriously have an ego, so you're like, please talk to me for my article. Oh, not even necessarily like an ego, but I mean, sometimes, um, not necessarily even an ego, just um, sometimes like the journal or the musician could be just as shy as you are. Mm -hmm. And so like you get two people like that in a room and you're trying to write something and it's just not going anywhere and it feels awkward and I know other people can do it. And I, I have done it and I was good at it, um, but it was definitely forced and it wasn't as um, creative as I thought it was going to be. I thought I was just going to be like writing reviews and instead I was just, you know, interviewing people and things like that. Mm. Mm. So how is it how um, by not creative, you mean like uh, just kind of repetitive? Yeah, I guess so. Like you have some creative control, but like you you're interviewing them so it's ultimately their story that they're telling and there wasn't a lot of like wiggle room for me to critique any of their music or talk about that and like now that I'm older like I was never even fit for doing that in the first place like I I shouldn't have I would never write for Pitchfork that's not for me either but while I was in college like that is what I thought I was going to do and then I was like oh you know I'll 
get this college degree and then like someone will just give me a job and I can write reviews all day long and it doesn't work like that. Like, I think like almost famous. Yeah, like yeah. almost famous. It doesn't work like that at all. Yeah. Um so then said, I switched gears, yeah. So you were in your you were working for the college newspaper and yeah. you said that you kind of realized you didn't want to do that and during your internship. Yeah. So what was that and what did you kind of what made you realize you didn't want to pursue that? I had an internship at GPB and it was actually an awesome internship. Um, I learned more in that internship than I did like all four years at college. You really have to be on deadline. All of your work has to be in tip top shape before you turn it in. Like there's no time for mistakes. Like your professor isn't going to like nudge you over to a B if you're on like the CB cusp. Um, it has to be 100% accurate all the time. Um, you don't get to pitch stories. You only get to do the stories that you're told to do. And so I was doing a lot of like local politics and things like that. Um, at the time I wasn't interested in any of it. And so for me, it was just kind of boring. I had to do an interview or I had to do a story about should we allow cruise ships to come to the Savannah ports? It was like Uh something that the city council was voting on not going to name names. I didn't know anyone in city council. I'm like 21, 22 years old. And they're like, you have to get a quote. Every time you write one of these articles, you have to talk to a person there and get a quote for the article. So I just like went up to the only city council member that I saw afterwards. And he was very rude to me. Um, And so I was like, oh, like this is how it's going to be. Like every time I have to do something political, like that didn't feel good. Like, I don't think I'm cut out for this. Mm. Um, but also I was just kind of at that age where everything just felt really like uncool and uninteresting to me. And it took me a while to like find out what I do think is cool and interesting. And then after you graduated Mm -hmm. and you decided you didn't want to be a journalist. Yeah. What did you do? I was like, I think I'm going to go to law school for like one minute. So I worked at, I've had the most random jobs. I worked at um, an attorney's office in town and it ended up being a nightmare. Mm -hmm. I was so sad every day I was going into work. The training was just not right. Um, The people there, just the vibe, it was so off. I know who would have not. Yeah, we're not gonna say. (laughs) It was so off. Um, I, didn't show back up. I didn't even like call and quit. I just didn't show back up and they never called me again. So I guess it was mutual. Yeah. Well, they're like, yeah, this happens all the time. Probably. Probably. And then, um, after that I was like, well, I still need a job. So I worked as a barista for a year at the sentient bean. It was so much fun. Um, but then all of a sudden the student loans, you know, start creeping in and you're like, all right, well, I got to get serious about this degree that I just paid a ton of money for. So, um, what am I going to do? And I started researching a little bit about like, what can I do with this English degree besides be a teacher or be a a lawyer or be a journalist Mm -hmm. and marketing came up and I was like, okay, this seems kind of cool. Like, seems like it's a good combo of like being creative and writing and stuff like that. So I got a job as marketing manager at Lucky's Market, the grocery store when they came into town. And then I got laid off like right after five months um, because all of the marketing people company-wide got laid off. So it was like, oh, you're in marketing, psych. Um, But I was doing some of their social media. And so that 
social media experience just in that five months led me to my job at Visit Savannah as social media coordinator. And then it kind of took off from there. <clears throat> when you, so you did the internship and you're like, no journalism. Mm -hmm. Then you worked at the lawyer, mm -hmm. no law, right? Mm -hmm. But then you worked at Lucky's and mm -hmm. you were like, oh. Yeah. It was like, okay, like this was when social media marketing was really only Facebook and Instagram was just starting to happen. Um, so I was like, oh, I'm already used to this. Like I'm an avid social media user. I have been since I was like 14 years old on MySpace. Uh, and so, yeah, I can't believe like they're paying me to do this. I get to come up with posts and take photos and, and that kind of stuff. And so I was like, oh yeah, like I can, this is work. Like this is fun. I can do this. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I got the job at Visit Savannah and it was more evident that they needed help with writing. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Cause I have this English degree and I have a background in journalism and I can write. So it became like equal part social media and writing for visitsavannah.com. So after you were the social media coordinator, mm. did you, what was the next step up from there? Um, the next step up was um, before visitsavannah.com was a content first website. We had the old visitsavannah.com and it was mostly just um, a place where businesses could have a listing and there were a few articles on there, but we didn't have a lot of capabilities to really edit or add anything. So we had a blog, it was like blog.visitsavannah.com, it was a separate website. So we started putting all of my energy into like writing this blog and then we would have a post and we could use the post for social media content. Um, so it was like cyclical in that way, mm -hmm. but like near, the end of the year or some after some period of time they realized that like oh we're driving all this traffic to this blog because like people are reading it and they're not reading what's on the website so like why don't we just combine the two and that was when we started talking about the new visit savannah.com and like what that would look like and how we would have full capabilities to write whatever we wanted and push it all together yeah she usually just sleeps the whole time. <laughs> she she, she's so, so hyper. Loud. I gave her like 10 French fries. I think it's what it is. <laughs> it was the French fries. We're going to let her go. So, um, so yeah, content marketing. That became, it became like a content yes. marketing strategy. So then I got my, actually my first promotion was digital content coordinator because they were like, well, social media isn't really the bulk of what you're doing. It's, it's broader than that. So then I was digital content coordinator. And then um, after that, I got my my pretty big promotion to digital content manager. And after that, that's when I started managing Shannon. Shannon. Um, Shannon Lowry, former podcast guest, episode. I can only call her Shannon. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's her name. That is her name. And um, then you came on board, and we were like this full on content team. So that's how we met. That's how we met. So, so you go from uh, getting a, wanting to write about music to doing to doing social media for a grocery store. Yeah, and then you work your way up to writing. Was, um, and it seems like it happened like very organically. Um, was any of that from specific people you met? Hmm. Um, no, actually. Um, when I got the job at Lucky's Market, I didn't know anyone there. I think a big part of why I got hired was because they asked me what gluten was and I knew the answer and they said that no one else that they interviewed knew and you kind of have to when you're doing social media for a grocery store. Hmm. 
And then I remember at Visit Savannah, I pulled before my interview, I looked at the staff listing on the website and I was like, I hope I know someone there and I didn't know a soul. So yeah, I can't say that I knew anyone in either of those cases. So let's see. And then um, when you were writing and developing content for the website, what was some of the stuff you enjoyed writing about and what was some stuff that you did not enjoy? Mm, I mean, I really cared about the work that I was doing there. So I enjoyed writing about what I thought the audience was going to resonate with, resonate with the most. Um, So that would be, you know, iconic spots in Savannah restaurants, um, things of like that arena Um, history I didn't seem to like writing about events I remember for a long time we were doing like a monthly like top 10 events article in Savannah but then like we noticed that like people weren't really interested in that and I was like well I don't want to write this anymore if like no one is craving this kind of content so whatever people wanted to read about like that's what I wanted to write about the most I just wanted people to get the information that they wanted and I wanted to get the data to support that what I'm doing is working. Um, In what ways did you grow as a writer and as a storyteller during that time period? Um, I think getting faster at doing work. Um, I was writing maybe three article, three or four articles a week, which doesn't sound like much, but when you're also like managing all the social media and then of course like other upkeep with the website, it was a lot. And then you'd have to go back because a restaurant might close. You have to like find that article on the website and like write to replace it with somebody else and do it quickly before like someone notices or gets upset that you led them in a direction that doesn't even exist anymore. Mm. Um, before it was just like, oh yeah, like I'm writing for this student newspaper. Like I'll pick up like you know one article this month, um, and then you get a job and you're like, oh shit, like I have to do this and I have to do it fast and it has to be like perfect. Like with my internship. Um, so I think that just like getting faster and more precise in my writing, um, Visit Savannah really helped me with that. So how does your personality make you strong at that kind of writing and not necessarily journalism or maybe not, maybe you, you probably would be as successful as a journalist. Thanks Tyler. But it doesn't really interest you. So like, what is it about you that draws you to more of this kind of editorial type content? I mean, it sounds corny, but I think that I, I actually love Savannah. I love the city, and so it was it was easy to write about these places, even though sometimes it could feel like I was blocked by you know the chamber member situation. Like even through that, I enjoyed just like writing about like these local businesses and things like that, um, and telling people all the fun things that they could do. It was just so fun and it was so light. It wasn't serious. It wasn't like I'm writing about city council members voting on a cruise ship. Like, you know, who who gives a fuck? Like, I don't know. It was just like easier, lighter, fluffier. It was fun at the time, you know. Um, eventually, I outgrew that and I was like, I was wanting to do something different. But while I was there, it was just so much fun. Is it fair to say that you've like gone to more towards like the data side of things? Mm-hmm. Like, how did that kind of progress? I think that creative exhaustion is real and I think that when you're forced to have to be creative all the time and um, you know make up stories and, and write about these things and you're being paid to do it and we started doing like paid advertisements where I was writing like these articles on like 
I don't know, certain hotels in Savannah and they were paying for them. And it was kind of like, gosh, like, I don't really know what I can say about this hotel. There's like 600 of them in the country. They're all the same. Um, at that point, I was kind of exhausted. I was like, there's nothing in left the in me to make downtown, this. Yeah. Walking distance, <laughs> walking distance all, you know, <laughs> everywhere all, you want to be. They're all in the heart. Of this is literally a mile radius. Um, but it was just like everything was like taken from me. And so I was kind of like, I have nothing left. And right now I don't feel like the creativity side of my marketing um, career. I don't think that that's sustainable right now. And hmm. so it was kind of like, well, if I like want to advance, if I want to get like deeper into it, because data was something that was interesting me. Um, you know, I was always like looking to see how many people, how many link clicks we were getting, things like that. Um, always interested in paid ads, that kind of situation. So I was like, okay, well, if I want to like advance and get deeper and grow in my career and like take the next step and make more money, then I'm going to have to go a different route. So that's what I decided to do. Get that bag. Yeah, you got to get the bag. So um, so then what'd you do? So I, I, <laughs> I, I don't need every step, but like, what do you do now? Let's, uh, and and uh, I know that you're in, like you're about to start something new, so you don't know all the details. Yeah. But like, what? How do you view yourself? You're not just a writer anymore. I know. So what are you? I don't know. I don't even like think of myself as a writer anymore. I really thought that once I stopped working at Visit Savannah and I got into a more data oriented role, that creative exhaustion would run its course, and then I could start writing for myself again because I used to write blogs and stuff like that, like just for me or my friends or anything. Um, I thought I would eventually start doing that for fun again. It hasn't happened yet, maybe in the future. What are you doing for fun? For fun? Yeah. I like cocoon at my house with my husband and, and watch TV. I mean, honestly, that's what I do. I like going to the gym. I like going out to like good dinner, but I don't really have like any hardcore hobbies as of right now. We were talking, you and I were talking the other night about like my need to be producing like, yeah. all the time. And sometimes I think it would be nice to just like have a night off, but here we are. <laughs> I think that being lazy is the most luxurious thing. Uh, I just like to lie on my couch and you watch television. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So, um, the, that's interesting. So you think that like, there's kind of this finite pool of creativity that can be exhausted and it needs to be replenished before. For me personally. Yeah. I don't know. I mean like some people just have it in them like that tapping into that creative side of them is what energizes them. And that worked for me for a long time and st until I started having less and less control about what I was able to say or write about. Um, and so I did kind of get like burnt out in that area and I just wanted something different, I guess. And so then I got into the data side of it, started buying social media ads. I um, got certified in Google search so I could start doing that too. Um, and I got really good at it, um, especially at my agency job that I just had, which I really liked. Um, but then, you know, another opportunity presents itself and that's why I'm going to Atlanta. Do you consider yourself a risk taker? No. No, not at all. I'm very, um, I have to think every single decision through and not only do I run it over in my head a thousand times, I have to ask every single person in my life like what their opinion is, and then I weigh in, you know, those people's opinions against each other's and my own. Um, I have a really hard time with like making big decisions, um, and I 
don't like taking risks necessarily, but I am taking one now. I think that it is important for personal growth to take a risk sometimes and do things that are scary and uncomfortable. What are you most proud of so far? Mm, I think I'm most proud of just turning out okay at this point in life. Um, especially from when I was in college and how like bad my attitude was all the time, just kind of like not caring about anything too cool for school. Like nothing seemed interesting to me. And now like I do care about my work. I am interested in it. Like I want to do a good job, like not only for these places that I'm working at, but like for myself, like I don't feel satisfied if I'm slacking off at work and I used to feel the opposite way. So I think that that growth um, for me is really huge because I never thought that I would be the person that I am right now. I didn't know I had it in me. Um, what do you think, uh, what are some areas that you'd like to maybe explore down the road or do you, do, do you think that far ahead? Sometimes I do. I think about all the time, like I'm in marketing right now, but I change my mind constantly about what I want to do. Like, okay, maybe I'll do like marketing, digital marketing, social media, for the foreseeable future, but like, will I want to do that forever? I don't know. Um, sometimes I think about becoming a college professor. Um, my sister is a professor and she's a huge influence in my life. I look up to her more than anybody. I still have some friends who are professors at Georgia Southern um, that I also look up to and I just miss being in college all the time and like having that open discussion and having mm. conversations and like, listening to what other people think and that challenging the way that you think. Um, I just missed that whole element of it. I loved college while I was in it. Um, so sometimes I'm like, Oh, like maybe I can go back and be a professor and like that will fulfill me. Other times I'm like, Oh, like maybe cause I'm also interested in health and fitness and things like that. So I'm like, Oh, like maybe I'll just like become, you know, a fitness instructor or, or something in that area. I don't know. I keep my options open. So whatever interests me in 10 years, maybe I'll pursue it. Did you know that there are psychopaths out there that like don't listen to music? Didn't we talk about this before? I think we have. Because I told you about in college, I went on that date with a guy and I asked him um, what kind of music he listened to. And he didn't have any musical preferences. And I was like, we cannot go on a second <laughs> date. Tell me, <laughs> tell me about some of your earliest musical interests. Um, I was a child of TRL. Um, so anything that was like pop music. Of Jason Waterfalls TRL? Oh, yeah. Like NSYNC, Britney Spears era of TRL. But also like saying, I just talked about my sister. She's 10 years older than I am. She's the one that lives in Sweden? She's in Norway. Norway. Yeah. She's 10 years older than I am. So like when I was in high school, she had already moved to Norway and she couldn't bring all of her belongings. Mm. Um, one of her belongings being all of her CDs. And so when I was 14 and 15 and people were like listening to what's on the radio, I was like, I want to be exactly like my sister and I want to listen to what she listens to. So I was like 15 year old, you know, listening to like Beck and Fiona Apple and Sonic Youth and um, Pearl Jam and like anything from like the era that she grew up in and like all the CDs that she collected over the years. Um, so that like really shaped like what I was listening to. Is she creative? Yeah. What's she do? She's an English professor, but she does like 18th century literature. What about your parents? Uh, my mom worked as um, in the food service. She was a cafeteria worker at the schools. My dad was in the army. 
And after he retired from the army, he started doing um, like computer network type of work for Bryan County school systems. Hmm. How, how does David kind of balance you out? David? Yeah. Um, he the is the calmest person on the planet. Nothing really phases him. Um, I can kind of freak out about everything. Um, the way that I show my em- emotions are through tears. So like if I'm angry, I'm crying. If I'm sad, I'm crying. If I'm happy, I'm crying. And he is just kind of like a brick wall. And so I think that he has helped me manage my own emotions because um, not everything needs the kind of reaction that I naturally give off. Um, If you, they invented a cell phone that allows you to call back in time, but it's a one-way call. And so you're able to call your 17-year-old self Ugh. and leave them a vo- leave you a voicemail, but it's only 60 seconds. What would you say? Uh, only 60 seconds. I want to tell her so many things. Um, I think that I would tell her that, um, you know you're going to see all these people around you and they're doing amazing things and it might look like they're progressing more than you are, but like you are going at your own pace, which is the right pace. And like, you're going to get to where you need to be. If that makes sense. Um, like all of my friends were like going to UGA and graduate school and, um, you know, moving to exciting cities and sometimes it was like, well, I'm still in Savannah. Like, is that going to be good for me? And it ended up being the best for me because I built a huge community. I got great jobs. I advanced in my career. I got to stay close to my family. Um, I didn't have to deal with like some of the stress of like living in a new city and being young and not knowing anybody. And so I feel like my path was the right path for me, even though everyone else around me was doing the opposite of what I was. I think that kind of thing is really helpful advice, especially to young people now who've grown up with social media, because like social media makes that exact phenomenon like so much worse. And yeah. Like you're only seeing the best of what everyone's doing. And like that was really humbling for me to realize, like, you're doing fine. Like you don't. You don't need to have like all those things that you know the fancy car and the big house and like you can just go at your own pace. Yeah, so, yeah. and that's fine. Um, are, what are you like looking forward to most in Atlanta? Um, my new job is really exciting for me, and um, I think being somewhere new and getting to experience it with my husband is really exciting. We've both grown up in Savannah he's gotten to go to Australia and he lived in the Atlanta area a lot when he was younger but for the past like 12 years we've both been here and so I think going to a new place together and getting to do new things together is really exciting and romantic and I'm excited for that part of it do you think you needed to go to college and do your internship to do what you do Mm, yes and no yes and no I think that I shouldn't have started college when I was 18 years old. I wish that I had taken like eight years off. There's your advice. Yeah. Yeah. And just um, did whatever I wanted and then gone to school. Yeah. Um, Because I had such a hard time 
choosing a major while I was in college. It was almost like I was forced to before I was ready. So like now, we're so young. We're so young. Like yeah. I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't. Taking on the student loan debt. I wasn't aware of like the options that were available to me when I was in college. I was like, oh, you become a journalist. You be a. You're a teacher. You're a nurse. You know, like just those really like high level things. I didn't know that the positions that I'm doing now were a thing. I didn't know that you could go into like these very specialized types of roles. And had I just been older and a little bit more well read, I would have known that and maybe chosen something else. I don't know. I mean, I, I do think that I'm on the right path, but I think it would have been like a more thought out decision instead of just being like, no, you have to go to college when you're 18 and you're 22 and you have this degree and you don't even know if you really wanted it, but now you have it. So go do it. I am historically have played it safe. So it's not until now that I'm starting to like really take risks. What are you doing? Well, like, you know, leaving my job and Oh yeah, this. starting your own thing. Yeah, like I, I, instead of going to LA, I took the first job out of college. And so, yeah, it's definitely never too late. And like, like you said, best advice, do it at your own pace. Don't mm. worry what everyone else is doing. No. Take time off, yeah. Take time um, off, Tyler. Huh? No, I meant like t- between college and stuff. Oh, like okay. That. But, but I do need to. Take you need some to take time some time off. off. Yeah. Um, is there any place that you want people to like? If they have questions, would you prefer that they kind of leave it, reach out to me, the podcast, or could they re- like follow you anywhere or anything like? You want to plug anything, basically? Um. No, I have actually changed a lot of how I personally so- use social media. Um, before I had like an open profile and you know almost a thousand followers half of them were people I didn't know I keep things really locked down these days I everybody that I follow uh, or everybody who follows me I follow back I know who all of my followers are it's not to be like no you can't follow me add me on LinkedIn Um, but the way that I personally use social media has changed I try to only post for like my friends and family and people that I'm I really care about instead of just like getting more followers and, and being followed. Um, just trying to be more intentional with my social media use. Oh yeah. Well, if y'all have, if the listeners have questions for Larissa, <laughs> that sounded really pretentious. I didn't mean it to. No. Well, I mean, so what's what's your motivation behind that? Um. You can. I'll give you a chance to clarify. Okay. Um. Because I get it. I mean, it seems like. Um, for mental health. I guess for mental health and then it's like everything that we do on social media is to fulfill our own ego. Anything that you post that is kind of the bottom of the funnel of where it goes. Um, And so, of course, like I want to share the good things that are happening to me with people that I'm close with. But where do you like draw the line of like wanting to share your life with your friends and like wanting to share your life with everybody? And like, why does everybody deserve to know everything that I'm doing? All these, I don't know. I don't want to be followed by strangers. Um, I'm intentional now with what I post. Before I would just post a bunch of memes or like infographics or things like that. But now I only try to show like authentic content, what's going on in my life. Um, I talk a lot on camera. I show myself without makeup. I don't know. I just try to keep things a little bit more realistic on social media these days. Um, and I don't think that includes trying to grow a following anymore. That doesn't sound pretentious. I think I think the pendulum's going to swing kind of back that way. 
like people are realizing that there's this phoniness to everything and like i know more and more people our age that are just like i'm out yeah i mean people are like always sorry keep going they're like deleting their facebook accounts like so fast yeah um and then gen z isn't even really using instagram anymore is that right yeah well they they mostly use um youtube tiktok and snapchat interesting yeah Hmm. yeah i've definitely noticed the like gap i'm not you're like way cooler said that before I, we're underplaying how just how cool larissa is on this episode but um yeah i i'm like i'm chuggy basically <laughs> you're not 100 percent chuggy <laughs> if you're a millennial you've got a little bit of chug in you yeah 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 i'm out of touch <laughs> but i'm fine with it yeah know? so um well first i mean okay uh thank you for coming on i adore you and I'm super happy for you guys. I'm going to miss you. and uh, But I know you're not far. And also, like, I'll be up in Atlanta. You'll be back. Yeah. So. Also, everyone who moves out of Savannah moves back. So yeah. it's not like... See you in five. Yeah. Yeah, see you in five. And uh, so if you do have questions for Larissa, uh, don't reach out to her. Please don't. Uh, you can you can email me at wecreatetruth at gmail.com. Or if you're watching on YouTube, you could leave a comment. And uh, she's my homegirl, so she could come back on if you have specific questions. Um, in upcoming episodes of The Creative Truth, I'm going to be talking to more artists, entrepreneurs, and creative professionals to help discover their path to success. If you're listening on iTunes, please give me a good review. If you're watching on YouTube, like, share, subscribe, ding, ring the bell, all the stuff. Um, you can learn more about the podcast and get some swag, hats, hoodies, mugs, etc. at creative-truth.com. Um, we're over a thousand downloads now and we're going to the moon. So thank you for listening, Larissa. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Tyler. Yeah. And good luck in Atlanta. Thank you.